Do you ever feel burned out with work or that your passions and interests aren't in alignment with your personal or professional goals? My name is Jake Sudnick, and on Finding Self with Jake, I will share advice that's helped improve my life and the story of others who have created the life that they want. In doing so, my goal is to help you live a life that aligns with the things that you want. So in today's episode, I have put together a list of five things, five, I guess, tips and tricks you could call it, but this episode is actually one of my favorite thoughts I've had to date, and one of the most important things I want to share with you that that we go over, and it's about being an effective communicator and how to be an effective communicator. If there is a single item in my life that has helped me change and achieve more of the things that I want, have more fulfilling relationships, uh, overall just improve my general quality of life, it's communication. And this is a skill that is 100% transferable to any field or any sector of your life that you want to apply it in. So these are great, great things to learn. A lot of them are kind of common sense items that maybe you just wouldn't be thinking about actively all the time. So it's it's a good refresher course for, for people who may have studied or worked in communications. Uh, people with sales backgrounds may know a lot of these things already. But working through them and just being conscious of these items in things from day-to-day conversation to job interviews can be super, super important. So let's get to it here. Now, let's start with why. Why is being an effective communicator so incredibly important? And no matter what path you're on in life, improving your communication skills is incredibly important to your overall quality of life. And I mean it genuinely your quality of life will improve with your ability to communicate with others. People are very social. We need in life to be able to function with other people to really get the best quality of life out of, out of what we're trying to achieve. So on, on this show, I discuss a lot of different topics that are all centered around improving your work life or improving your personal life, sometimes managing time. Uh, this episode is personally one of the just most important life skills. And I, I want to reiterate that one more time because of how important I truly think this is. Uh, you're going to gain better ability to communicate interviewing for jobs, uh, communicate with clients one, one-on-one, potentially communicate with your boss better to you know help increase your position in a group if you choose to or just have you know a better work life balance it can help you get jobs and interview better it can help with your personal relationships and friendships and romantic relationships and, and get a better quality out of those just by following these five steps so let's get into what these five steps are again all of them are relatively easy things to do but it's going to take a little bit of practice to build it into a habit. So starting from the top, ask yourself the following. And these are the five things I'm going to ask you to ask yourself. If you can write some of these down today as we're going through it, this would be a great episode to take a couple notes on. And I'll do a recap for you at the very end 
to know exactly what it is that we went over so you'll have clear points on what it is to work on. So first question, are you engaged? Are you engaged in conversation? If yes, you are closely listening to the person you're communicating with. So that's number one for us here. How well do you listen in communication? Now, this could, again, stem from everything from interpersonal communication with one or a small group of people to talking to an entire crowd. Are you listening? Are you receiving feedback for the conversation that you're having? Are you paying attention when they respond back to you? And not just, like, passively paying attention. Are you really actively listening? When working to have more meaningful human interactions, it's absolutely vital that you eliminate the distractions outside of the conversation you're having. Even on a format like this, when I'm talking to you directly, the phone turns off, all of the outside things we try to turn off. So I can sit down and have this conversation directly with you, the listener, and you know that what I'm saying is coming from me to you distractions aside, get rid of all the extra stuff. I want it to be a close one-on-one -on -one conversation. And you can do that as well when you're discussing and having conversation with others by increasing your level of focus. You know, get rid of the distractions and really focus on the person that you're spending time with. Now, outside of eliminating those distractions, I actually wanted to share a, a short story on this that I think is so interesting to me. When I was traveling for a conference out in, I believe it was San Diego, I met a really interesting gentleman that was running a, a relatively large company, um, a busy, busy company. You know, they were doing, they had clients literally all over the world. So he's based out of San Diego. A lot of his clients were on the East Coast. A lot of his clients were in Europe. Needless to say, in that type of environment, where everybody's you know, business hours essentially can span 24 hours of the day for you, it was really important for him to focus on how he communicated with people. And one of the most interesting things that he shared was he actually eliminated his cell phone, and he went so crazy as to get rid of his internet and TV as well. So he only had... Uh, he only had ability to communicate with people actually at his office because it had become such a stressor in his life running this big business that people all over the world were contacting him that he had to restrict his hours down to when he was actually in the office. And he didn't even have a cell phone at all. So when his wife needed to get a hold of him, they'd have to call his office or they'd have to wait for him to get home. So he'd have to let her know where he was going beforehand if he, if he was doing something or kind of communicate that way. And it's funny because for me, I'm 31 years old. I'm kind of on the cusp of that period of time where I remember a life before having, you know, a cell phone and constant communication, but I was, I was relatively young and I was just kind of getting out into the world. Uh, you know, I, I might go out after school for a little bit and I'd have to use a payphone or something like that if I needed to call for a ride. And that was, you know, a year or two of that, but it was right at the, the tail end of that experience. And for a lot of people now, a lot of younger people, they've always, always been in a position where they've had the ability to communicate instantly. We all deal with that a different way, but there is something that can be very taxing and having to constantly be available or constantly be working where your, your mind never really turns off. So the point of this whole story being, 
when I went out to dinner with this gentleman, he asked us to do something, and I thought it was really interesting. We all sat down, and being a, a group of real estate agents, there's a tendency for people to be playing on their phones a lot or texting people, responding to things. He asked that everybody give him his phone at the beginning of the meal so that we could share a meaningful conversation, and we weren't burdened with distractions. And I have to tell you, that little act and having you know really great conversations about goals and our business and what we were doing out there for the conference was so incredible. I, I loved it. I thought it was such an awesome thing. So I, I ask all of you to participate in this challenge if you can. If you find yourself, whether it's in your relationship or you're out with friends and everyone seems to spend a lot of time on their phone, have a dinner and ask if everyone would, would mind giving up their phone for the evening. You know, it might be an hour or two. It might just be the length of the meal. But be able to sit down and actually have a conversation over a meal, my gosh, it is, I can't believe how, I guess underrated would be the word that is, to really share that meaningful connection. So I know this is a long point one, and there's a lot that sounds like this going into it. But the, the real point is, are you listening and are you eliminating your distractions so you can really focus on the people that you're with? So I'd love to hear everyone who takes a part in this challenge and tries giving up their phone for a meal. I'd love to hear your responses back. Get in touch with me and let me know how it goes uh, and s just report back on it. I I'd love to hear your personal experience in you know, eliminating those distractions, getting rid of the the phone for you know a dinner or a meal or something and i'd love to hear what kind of conversations you end up having you know do you learn something about somebody i, I think you will all right so number two are you showing engagement so this is kind of a tie-in to the first point the first three all chain together very nicely so number two are you showing engagement in being a better communicator this one's super easy if you're listening. So if you've already done well with point one, point two is going to go great for you. You're listening. Now, how do you show engagement? Show you are listening to the person you're speaking with by asking really great questions, right? That, that's what we want to do. We want to ask great questions to the person that we're sitting across with because that's going to really show engagement. And, and you're going to mean it because you're going to have to take time personally to think about what it is that they're saying to show that you want to know more about what that person is talking about. Notice in being a great communicator, most of the focus that we're putting isn't on ourselves. We're putting focus on our audience or person we're speaking to. That's where great communication happens through listening and responding with questions. So are you asking questions? I'd love to know. Now, say you are getting to the point where you're asking good questions, you're paying attention and engaging in their story. Now, sometimes don't overcomplicate it. Good questions don't necessarily always have to be profound. A really good question you could ask someone in a conversation that you want to know more about is really simple. Tell me more about that. Ask the person that's talking to tell you more. Grant them the permission to continue on with their story. A lot of times people will pause at surface level information, kind of testing the water to see if you really want to know more. Do you care? And we do this subconsciously uh, many times as people because we're trying to be respectful of someone else's time or whatever the reason is. We might just feel like 
they're not that engaged. So be engaging by inquiring more about what someone's talking about. Allow them the opportunity to open up. And that's going to create quality connections with people that you might not have otherwise had you not asked the simple question to tell me more. Now, one other really important step to asking good questions, and this one's really important. After you ask, shut up. Don't say anything else. Let them talk and have a full answer. Try not to interrupt their their thought pattern because you might start getting into the habit of asking a lot of questions and you want to know more and you want to push the conversation along because you're really curious. Or maybe you want to share your thought and you're kind of just idly sitting by waiting to have the chance to talk. Try to be engaged and really listen. Don't just wait for the chance to talk. And let the person you're speaking with have the floor to answer fully. Okay? You can do it. So now we're we're listening well. We're asking good questions to show engagement. That's our step two here. And one other quick tip on showing engagement. When you are when when you're sitting there, make sure that you are both listening to it. And it is okay to repeat and approve that the person is saying, saying something. So how are they end their sentence? Uh, it's, it's okay to engage by, you know, repeating the last couple words of their sentence to show that you are paying attention to them, approve that thought, shaking your head. Yes. And and saying, you know, great, you know, respond with end of sentence and then allowing them to again, talk more. You're, it's, it's another way that we can show we're engaging, listening by actually repeating back what they're saying to them and then giving them the floor to expound on that topic even more. That's something that I've learned through some you know, working in phone sales a lot of the time where uh, I say phone sales, working in over the phone selling. So when I'm doing when I was doing like cold calling for my previous uh business and life and real estate, one of the things we we learned was that repeat and approve process. It's really engaging for people. And I know I like to hear it. It's great if I know that someone was listening to me. And you have to be genuine with it. If you're trying to just say the things that they said and then repeat it and approve it, but you didn't listen to the rest of the conversation, there's a good chance it's going to come off as disingenuous. So do Remember, step one's the most important. You're still listening, and then we're doing the next things. And as the process continues to roll here, we're going on to number three now. So number three, if you feel like you have a really good grasp on steps one and two, the next step is making sure that you're not just mentally participating in the conversation, but you actually physically engage with the conversation that you're having. Now, I'm going to do a little test here. I'm going to read back that first thing that I just read. If you feel like you're have a good grasp on steps one and two, the next step is to make sure you're not just mentally participating in the conversation, but you are physically engaged. Did you hear a difference in what I just said? It was the same information, right? I delivered to you the same question twice. The first time, though, when I was sharing you and how I'm talking again now, I am sitting with a strong posture. I am talking with my hands. I am looking out to you, the listener. I'm looking as if I am talking to you and having this conversation and understanding and paying attention to how I'm speaking because I want it to convey how I feel in the conversation. Now, the second time I read it, 
I didn't move at all. I was a little bit slouched in my chair, and I was just simply reading off of these notes that I had here right in front of me. And in those two things, even when we are not face-to-face, you can hear the difference in the way that I'm communicating to you. And I think that's so neat. So be very conscious of how you are physically engaging in a conversation because it comes across even when you're not sitting with a person face-to-face. So if you're on an important you know, work call, if you're, um, if you're on a business meeting, and even if you have video or if you don't, be conscious of how you're taking the call. Are you sitting up straight? Are you standing possibly? Because posture is going to have a l- large influence on the way that you talk. Are you showing energy? Are you excited? When I used to make uh, telephone prospecting, like business phone calls where I was searching for business, I also had a mirror in front of me where I would actually watch the expressions on my face so I could see, like talking to myself, what I looked like. And one of the things that, that we'd always remind ourselves, you know, working in that sales job is smile, your, you know, smile while you're on the phone because people can hear that in your voice too. You can hear a smile. Now, if those things are that important, when we're just talking over the phone or talking on a recording or whatever it is, imagine how important it is when you're actually sitting face to face with someone and they can see it all happening in person. If you look lethargic and bored and you're sitting there and just seem uninterested, do you think you're going to have a very good conversation? Honestly, if you were trying to talk to somebody about something that mattered to you and they looked bored out of their mind or distracted or like they were just genuinely uninterested, even if they're listening, isn't it going to affect how you present that information? You're not going to be getting the best out of that person for sure because you're not giving your best into it. So it's equal effort in, effort out here. You've got to engage with the person that you're talking with. And it might sound like the things I'm telling you are a lot of effort, but I promise you, I promise you, after you make a habit of it and you realize the benefits you gain from actually having meaningful conversations with people, it is so worth it. You're going to get so much more out of it and you can accomplish it in an even shorter time because you're just being more effective. Now, to, to elaborate on this point a little bit further, when we're talking about body language in a conversation, let's be a little bit more specific. Are you doing things like making good eye contact? Are you smiling and nodding when you're talking to the person on you know points that you approve of and you want to hear more about? Are you showing them interest and and, and kind of leading the conversation by engaging them through through you know a welcoming gesture? Do you sit up straight or stand? You know, good posture. Do you show that you're that you're interested? You know, eye contact on them and are you open or are you closed off? What I mean by that, are you sitting with like your arms crossed? Are you facing away from them? Do you look like you want to leave? Those are things to be conscious of. How, like, what are you like? What are you doing with your face when somebody says something? Like, be aware of how you might be reacting to them because that's going to influence your conversation in a really big way. So, in person speaking it's it's just so important to watch body cues and not only what your cues are but be aware of what the other person's body cues are cuz that can signal how the conversation is going and maybe if you've talked too long on the same point so hopefully none of you guys 
<laughs> Hopefully you aren't aren't tuning out yourselves and looking away at this point in time as I as I go through this point, but just wanted to make it very clear body language is super important both in person and when we're having conversations not in person. It comes across comes off important both ways and can be even more important when you're sitting down with someone. Number four is your stress showing before the conversation even starts. So is your stress showing before the conversation even starts? This is a really important thought. Being relaxed and controlling both your rate of speech and your tone of voice is very important because by using rate of speech and tone, you can actually control the conversation and how someone may think or feel about what you're saying. And funny enough, rate and tone can be even more important than the actual words you're saying sometimes. Have you ever had heard someone, you know, we could say like, how about an example of, oh my gosh, you look really great today, or you look great today. Those are two really different things I just said, right? Like one of them comes off as kind of snarky and like, was that like, were you like mocking how I look? And the second one was, or excuse me, and the first one was very much like, oh, thank you. You seem really excited about how I look today. That's that's great. Thanks. So what I'm saying is intonation and, and how we talk has such an important part about what we're saying. So this is a really uncomfortable exercise, but if you're getting to the point of like really trying to be a good communicator, challenge yourself by recording a conversation that you have. Obviously, you want to do it with consent of recording the conversation, but if you ever listen to yourself talk, pay attention to what it is you sound like. I, I've had to do it many times with both the show and when I was in sales. A lot of times we would practice by recording our phone calls and then listening back to the phone calls we had. Yeah, that's an uncomfortable thing to do. <laughs> so try it out. Try listening to what you actually sound like sometime. And notice how your rate of speech can come across to your audience. And when I say audience, again, could be a single person, could be a large group of people, could be literally anyone, especially if you're practicing for like an interview, for example, I would definitely, definitely try practicing your conversation and recording it. Try answering a few questions you expect might come up on an interview and then listening back to your answer. Now, don't don't burn yourself out with this by trying to perfect it and make it this like crazy, absolutely perfect thing because you can practice it a million times and it certainly will be a little bit different in person. But having that practice can be really, really valuable and help you better control what you're saying and how you're saying it. Because sometimes the how we're saying it can be as important, if not even more important than some of the words that we say. So that's, that's a huge one. And when it comes to actually showing stress, so that's kind of what I mean. Are you burned out before you go in? You need to be conscious of these things because you're going to want to try to compensate for that in conversations that you need to have at that time. Now for personal relationships and friendships and you know romantic relationships, conversations where maybe you're in a bad mindset going into it, it is okay to talk to that person and make them aware that you know it might be best to reschedule the conversation based off of the things that are going on. Now, not every situation calls for this, so it is really very much based off of what is going on specifically, but there are times and places 
to want to um, reschedule or move that time to make it work better with how you are feeling. You, know, you can't do it. You can't put something off forever. If you're if you're struggling with things, you do eventually have to have that conversation. Even prepping the person sometimes about where you're at mentally can help in you know giving you a little extra leeway for what your response would be. Again, the more we practice this, the more we'll be able to correct and and really fix those things as we're working through them or be more conscientious of how we are feeling. So if we know that we tend to do a certain thing when we're not feeling good about a conversation, we can be aware of it and cut it off before it happens. Now, moving on down the list, we're at number five already. So number five here, are you being clear and effective with your conversation? This one is, like all the others before it, super important. (laughs) I know I'm saying that a lot, but these are my top five uh, items for communication, so I believe that they're all important. You know, I, I, it's hard to pick the most important. I think that listening belongs at the top of the list because without listening, the rest don't happen. But here at number five, are you being clear and effective with your conversation? So, so important. Don't let other, the other person get lost in what you're saying because you don't have a, excuse me, you don't have a clear point to your conversation. Are you framing things in a way that's easy to follow and it supports the context and environment you're in? You know, if it's a business meeting with a set time frame, are you being concise with your message? Have you prepared good questions that are going to allow you to ask them and receive an answer? You're not telling a 20-minute story in a meeting that's an hour long and taking up, you know, a good chunk of everybody's time. So it is important, depending on the context of how you're speaking, what your conversation entails. Are you doing something that's more long form, like a podcast where you want people to be listening and you need to share some entertaining stories and examples alongside with it so that you can actually engage with the con- with the audience a little bit more? It all depends on your context. So make sure that you don't let the person get lost, be clear, and have an appropriate message in the situation that you are in. Now, there's there's one other thing to to remember when it comes to being direct. You have to also know when there's a time that someone may need a little bit more of an indirect response. They may need the, some people will need the background and maybe the emotional side to feel more comfortable with what it is that you're talking about. So understanding your audience and their needs is vitally important. I can do an entire episode exactly on how to understand and communicate with people more effectively based off of what their needs are. That's another topic that we can really delve into because it's a long one and there's a lot of information to share there. Um, There's so many different types and personality types and tests that, that show personality types. It can almost become overwhelming, but the, the long and short of it is, is that the four main ways that people will communicate is some people will need to communicate communicate quickly, clearly, and to the point. Others will need information and explanation to feel comfortable with what you were talking about. Another type will require emotions to feel the conversation and feel comfortable talking. 
and then the last type are going to want a lot of excitement and energy. And most of the conversation they have is going to be just kind of words, but they're really dependent on the energy of the conversation. And those are really the four ways to communicate. There's different, you know, charts that, that show that spectrum all, you know, you're not necessarily one of those things, but you are somewhere in the spectrum of needing those things when you talk. And there's combinations of them too. So those are kind of your four, four main ways that we're taking a look at being effective and communicating with the audience properly. Now, a quick recap for you on today's show. One, are you listening? So in being an effective communicator, here's our four, five points again. One, are you listening? Two, are you asking really great questions? Number three, are you minding your body language and how you're actually talking to the person so that you come across well? Are you minding your body language? Number three. And then number four, are you relaxed and communicating effectively, not communicating a bunch of stress? <laughs> number five, are you being very clear with the points you're trying to make so that your audience, the person you're talking to, knows the message that you're sending. You're not being vague and expecting them to fill in the blanks. You're being clear and letting them know exactly what it is that you want to communicate across. Those are my five top points to being a really effective communicator. And I promise you, if you can do those five things, they're going to improve every single aspect of your life. If you want to work on any of those things, let me know and we can work on them together directly and become better communicators for doing so. So connect with me on the Facebook, Instagram, the Facebook, listen to me, how old am I? Connect with me on the Facebook. <laughs> so the Facebook page is Finding Self with Jake. Uh, like the page and you can always comment there. Instagram, Finding Self with Jake on Instagram. There's going to be a website coming live really soon. The website's going to also be called Finding Self with Jake. So uh, findingselfwithjake.com, it'll be easy to find. So you can find me to help you find yourself. That's a cool tagline. Maybe should I stick with it? Let's let's use that. That's gonna be my poll this week. Finding, finding, finding. Wait, what did I just say? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to listen back to the recording because I can't remember. <laughs> finding self with Jake to help you find yourself. I like it less the second time I said it. Okay, guys, that's that's all for the day. I appreciate you listening. Connect with me on social and listen on Apple and Spotify. I'll talk to you real soon.